everybody. It's Scott McKay and Melissa McKenzie, and we're here to do the Spectacle Podcast. Melissa, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I have a great podcast partner. He's so nice. Wow. And he's a best-selling author. Yeah. Racism, Revenge, and Ruin. I couldn't be happier. I mean, we, we've trained her well. Believe me, we've really done a good job with that. Okay, so what we're going to talk about, actually, the word training is fairly appropriate because what we're going to talk about uh, in this podcast segment is the fact that we have a well-trained radical elite in this country whose opinions are very much different from yours. And I actually have the receipts on this. It turns out Scott Rasmussen, the famous pollster, uh, put out a report uh, on polling that he did several times last year and then only recently distilled it um, into a uh, a profile of the what he calls the elite 1%. Melissa, you know all about this because you've seen these people at work. Um, this, generally speaking, is a class of people who, uh, typically speaking, went to very selective universities, whether Ivy League or like Cal or Stanford, Northwestern University, Chicago, MIT, places like that, um, most of whom are white and Democrat, uh, fairly well off. Uh, I'm going to read you some numbers, Melissa. You tell me about it. Uh, uh, the impression that this gives you. So two-thirds of these guys, this uh, elite 1%, are between 35 and 54. 86% are white, 73% are Democrats. Just under half, wait, 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 47%. Wait. You, that, that, that faded. So two-thirds two -thirds are white? Two-thirds are between 35 and 54. Okay. So 35 and 54. So we're talking about millennials, Gen we're X. We're talking, right? yeah, millennials and the bottom edge of Generation X. Okay. okay. So, and then the next 86% white. 86% white. Okay. 73% Democrats. There are some Republicans in this group. Well, we um, know them. We know them. Yeah, we know those. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Just under half, 47% say they favor Bernie Sanders-style socialism, all right? The same number, 47%, and this goes to 69% of the ones that consider themselves super politically active. 47% say there is too much freedom in America. Okay, wait, of those who are super politically active, 69%. 69% say too so, much freedom in America. Okay. All right. Um. 35% of these people, and this jumps to 70% among the really politically active, uh, say they would rather cheat than lose an election. Okay. 71% um, have a favorable opinion of the legacy media. 74% say they are better off financially now than before COVID uh, got started. Mm -hmm. uh, 76% have a favorable opinion of college professors, which is uh, to be contrasted with 17% of the general public. Okay, wait a minute. Do they divide that about, uh, between, uh, do we know of the 23% or 25% of the one of these elites who are conservative do we know what percentage of them approve of college professors? 
that might be in the cross tabs of Rasmussen's stuff, okay. but I'd, I'd have to go pull it. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm just not curious. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, sixty-seven percent say that, and this is like the Glenn Youngkin question. Sixty-seven percent say teachers and other educational professionals ought to decide what children are taught rather than the parents. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, seventy-seven percent. This is where this starts to get nuts. Okay, and you really oh, it hasn't been nuts. I mean, yet. it's pretty nuts already. <laughs> okay. But hang tight because it's gonna get worse. Okay. 77% would impose strict restrictions and rationing on the private use of gas, meat, and electricity. Okay. 77%? 77%. 72% would ban gas powered vehicles. Okay. 72%. 69% would ban gas stoves. Uh, wait a minute. 79% would ban gas stoves. 69% of these would ban gas stoves. In, yeah. in, in the wealthy houses, nobody has anything but gas stoves. Oh, they're not going to ban their gas stoves. They want to ban your gas. Right. 58% would ban SUVs. I assume that means even the EV SUVs. Um, 55% would ban non-essential air travel. Of course, their air travel is essential. Uh -huh. Um, 53% of these people would ban private air conditioning. To which the response is, do you want a civil war? Because that's how you get a civil war. I'm in Louisiana. You start trying to ban our AC and you're, you're going to have trouble. Like, you're going to have lots of trouble. Like, we'll come find you, and we'll feed you to the alligators. Um, Joe Biden has an 84% approval rating with this crowd. Okay? So that means that's pulling a, a fair number of the so-called right-leaning people, then. I mean, yes. Yeah. If it's 73% are Democrats and 84% are mm -hmm. uh, positive on their Bi Joe Biden mm -hmm. approval. Um, but... Okay, so basically what these are, these are, um, and, and Rasmussen says they're a 1% elite. Um, and I think where, where he's coming from with this is, these are the hardcore people. Uh, on specific questions within this, you can find a larger percentage of, you know, whether they're white Democrats or white independents that may on given issues agree with this crowd here and there. Mm -hmm. But like these are the people who are all the way on all of these things, you know, like climate change is the worst threat to humanity. Right. Those kinds of things. They're probably, you know, these are the the well to do people who are all of a sudden pro Hamas just because it's the closest thing to anti-Americanism they can get. Right. Um, and Rasmussen I, and I found this because Newt Gingrich did a piece on it. Um, that was really pretty good. And, you know, the, this whole thing is, is like, this is a small number of people that has an outsized amount of cultural and political influence, largely because they're very well connected. They went to these, you know, these universities that give them contacts within, you know, media, politics, corporate uh, C-suites and so forth. Right. Um, but they're completely and totally divorced in their mindset, worldview, morality, and so forth with regular America, who they increasingly despise and disdain. 
Um, and this is, you know, this, these are the people, and I don't know if you saw this, but there's this clip from ABC News that has gone viral today. And it's Martha Raddatz, who goes to Pennsylvania to talk to three Trump voters. Mm -hmm. um, and the way she treats these people, they, it's like they're zoo animals. Right, right, right. It's totally yeah, I call like, it I call it the gorillas in the mist thing where they absolutely where where they're like uh oh I forget the name of the woman who studied them, but you know, has they're like anthropologically taking notes on the on the animals exactly in the right. wild. Yeah. That's exactly right. And like one of these ladies is the lady in the in the group is a public school teacher, right? She's like, you know, a conservative public school teacher who's like they treat me like like I'm an idiot everywhere I go, and I'm smarter than all of these people. And then the other guy, I think he's like an insurance agent or something, and there was a guy that ran, runs a restaurant. None of these are like complete bumpkins. They're like people right. who have to work for a living right? Um, and like see the, the, the results of policies right. in their daily life. Like they understand what's going on in the world, and they're Trump people. And Martha Raddatz who, you know, cried when Trump beat Clinton in 2016, like cried on air, right? So like, why would we even care what she thinks? But ABC is going to put her on the road to go see these And, you know, she's just like, well, but that's just not fact. She's arguing with these people about their own beliefs. Mm -hmm. And of course, this has made it all over the internet in the last 24 hours or whatever, because people are looking like, look at this, look at this lady, look how out of touch she is. And of course, the answer is she is an avatar. She's older than 54, clearly, but she's <laughs> an avatar for the, you know, Rasmussen 1% elite um, and the worldview that that represents. Now, I had a column at the American Spectre, and I wanted to talk about this largely because of the column, which is that these people have been around a while. Um, they are far more mainstream than they used to be. And the reason for that is Obama, right? Um, these people were there when George McGovern ran for president. They were there when Mike Dukakis ran, when John Kerry ran. And they couldn't market their beliefs with those guys as their presidential candidates, right? Like nobody nobody cares what these guys think because they, you know, it's like the old William F. Buckley quote, I'd rather be governed by the first 3,000 people in the uh, in the phone book than the faculty at Harvard University. Um, everybody's known for a long time that these people were wackos and were out of touch with reality. When Obama came along, what he was able to do that kind of pushed this hard left into the mainstream of American politics, Obama was the one who could marry this wacko, you know, Che Guevara t-shirt elite sheet with identity politics from people in racial and ethnic minority groups, right? Whether it was Asian Americans, whether it was Hispanics, whether it was Blacks, whether it was the LGBTQ people and whatever. Um, and Obama could make a majority fusing that sort of elite 1% mentality and sort of the people that are not quite there but hangers on to that with Black vote, Hispanic vote, Asian vote, and so forth. And that worked. Okay, and he was able to do a lot of damage to the country because he was able to fuse that majority together, and also because the Republicans did an awful job fighting against it. Along comes Joe Biden, who is the redux of the Obama administration, and there's elements missing, right? 
Joe Biden offers zero reason why identity politics Democrats, whether they're black or Hispanic or Asian or what have you, um, to, to maintain their allegiance with this white 1% elite that believes all of these weird things. If you're not a Democrat activist and you're black, and I come to you and say, hey, you can't have a gas stove, like how likely are you going to be to say, yeah, you're right, it's bad for the environment? That's not something that's marketable to those people. And so if it's not Barack Obama saying it, I think you, you start bleeding vote, which is what we're starting to see. Anyway, that's my rant. Melissa, I'm going to throw it to you and let you let you take a crack at this and see what you think. Well, I think that the, the this kind of elite um, group revealed themselves during COVID. They're the ones who were a okay. They first off, they all had jobs where they could work from home. So in some ways, their quality of life went up. They didn't lose any income. They in fact gained income because they weren't spending as much on travel and dinners out and all the things. They were home with the kids if they had them or their dogs or their fur people um, or their whatever. And so for them, it was great. They, they're the ones who encourage, um, and we saw this in the uh, some of the elites on the right too, who were joining with the left, talking about if it's their choice, if they're not going to get vaccinated, they should lose their jobs, or right. they should have their children taken away, or um, you know it, it shouldn't matter that you have to close your small small business or your restaurant. These people are not small business owners. They're they're corporate chieftains or whatever they are um, and have positions. They're the woman who was at Bud Light who was made everything go woke. Because, of course, you know, everyone she knows thinks just like her. She probably doesn't right. have a child and she probably has never. And if she does, um, you know, they have the nanny and. Uh, you know, menial work is for the little people and no concept whatsoever about um, what it takes to kind of um, live an average American life. They're a modern aristocracy. They view themselves as so much better and they're just stupid. And one of the right. things in your polling that reveals that is the, the idea that uh, the vast majority of these dumbasses think that the United States could sustain being forced, everybody being forced to go to electric vehicles. First off, it's an impossibility. It is a right. scientific impossibility. And anybody who has studied into this at all knows this is true. There yeah. is no way that the American uh, electrical grid could handle every single person in America driving an electric car. Um, it's having trouble right now with a small percentage of snobby asses who have them. So like th this, this is an impossibility. Right. Ditto getting rid of gas stoves. What, we're gonna move everything to electric and again, have more strain on an already strained grid. There's just so many things about this that are annoying and repugnant. These are the same people who are pro-abortion. Uh, they're the same people who are for open borders so that they can have their help staff. 
these are the same people and who kind of vaguely believe in this kind of redistribution because they feel guilt because they of their unearned uh, position. They feel, and the thing is they're worse than the aristocracy. They feel no um, noblesse oblige, the idea that because they've been given much that they should be taking care of the poor. No, they don't feel that at all. They feel like the poor or the middle class or the anybody but them should be eating bugs, sweating in their house, and living like a, a medieval serf. These people are just complete jerks. They're amoral, they're right. immoral, and every bad thing that that you know is written about them, you know, the people made a lot uh, out of the, you know, the Pizza Gate stuff and um uh you know, all the rest of it. These are just not good people. And I'm yeah. not saying that rich people generally are bad. I'm not saying that. But in this kind of group, these, you know, uh Ivy educated, overeducated underintelligent, under-moral people are a dangerous menace because they have outsized influence on the culture. They have no grounding or connection to their neighbors or their friends. They don't really have friends per se. They have power for its own sake. And they're so busy accumulating um, and they have suffered nothing. They didn't suffer the housing crash. They didn't, they haven't suffered at all. And, you know, one of the data points that jumped up to my, to my mind um, is during the Obama years, if you were, if you were just college educated, not even like the Uber elite, you know, group, you were fine. There's an element now because the, the, the unemployment rate was less than 4% for these people. And so for the college educated, that includes me, that includes you, that includes a lot of people. But what that has done is made a real um, dichotomy in the economy as far as how people feel things. The average American makes about $47,000 or 50000 $50, around in that around there. Okay. If the gas prices go up, if inflation goes up, like I just got a notification from my hair person saying that, you know, prices are going up because the materials to do hair coloring is going up, I guess, apparently. And so that's going up 15%. Well, you do that 15%. You do 15% across the board and everything. And you are at the average American salary. Your life is so markedly different and so influenced. That means your kid doesn't get a music lesson. Your kid, you know, all sorts of really important ways your life changes. And this 1% have felt nothing. In fact, their life is better now after COVID. 50% of small businesses or 40% in California went out of business. These were people with livelihoods, with jobs and who employed people, gone. Same thing in New York City. And so long as these elite people have everything that they want and need, they have no empathy whatsoever for anyone outside of their obnoxious bubble. And it is a problem because they have so much power.
And so I don't know what the solution is to this, um, but this kind of callous disregard for your fellow man, something that used to be kind of um, limited by at least uh, a, a certain kind of Christian idealism and obligation to your fellow man, these folks have none of that, which is yeah. why they're building their bunkers because they're hoping that when everything goes to hell, they can, you know, survive underground and everyone else will die. Well, um, a couple of things. Um, one is sort of a quick thought on the nature of elites, uh, because this is the first society, I think, in world history. Um, maybe there are some that shortly collapsed uh, after uh, after something like this happened. This is the first society where your elite status is not um, um, dependent on your sharing and uh, um, professing of the values of the society. In other words, right. you know, and I guess prior to the French Revolution, you would have sort of this decadent uh, mm -hmm. thing that had happened. But for in every successful society, the elite are the people who most embody the values of that society. Right. Um, you know, that was, I guess that, well, I guess my, my basic point is a little flawed here. Every society that falls apart, their elites detach from the values mm -hmm. of the society. I mean, right. at one point, the Roman elite were recognizable because they championed Roman values. Right. Um, and then that kind of went away. And of course, the Roman Empire went away shortly thereafter. I think it was true of the British Empire. It was certainly true of uh, France prior to the French Revolution. Um, I think it might have been true uh, several times in China. Um, but to have a successful society, your elite have got to be, in our context, they've got to be Christians or, or observant Jews. Um, they've got to be capitalists. They've got to be people who um, who celebrate the values of the American founding. And in our elite, and Rasmussen's polling shows this, none of those factors are apparent. Okay, these are people who have bought into this woke religion rather than uh, the Christianity or Judeo-Christianity that America was founded on. So that can't sustain. Either the elite has to go or the country's going to go. Um, and, you know, I don't even want to speculate as to what's going to be the, the, the means by which that's decided. Okay, but we are cruising for something that is going to uh, resolve this one way or the other. You know, and the other thing is, is I think that electorally, we are going to come to a point where these people are not going to have the influence that they're currently 